You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Yes, a Y-in or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the Y-in has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the Y-in has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I am joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay. Ready to bring you guys some Packers news. Obviously, we had another coaching hire fall into place today. I got to be real, Tim. All of the hires up to this point, I've been kind of like, eh, this one, this one got me fired up, man. Um Really, really like the addition to the uh, to the team here, and, and I know we're going to dive into it and, and look at his history, look at his background. We've got us a new linebacker coach, um, and uh, really the thing that I come away with is you can see the direction that the coaches were going, and specifically Matt LaFleur and, and Coach Halfley what they wanted to accomplish with the linebacker hire. You know, we've pointed out some of what the Dolphins did well. I know the first half of the season they were one of the top defenses in the league. And, you know, the one thing they did well, as we pointed out yesterday, was they controlled the explosive plays pretty well, right? Well, specifically in the run game, they did that really well. We're going to talk about that. We got a video we're going to show, guys, and and I want a little bit of feedback in the comments if someone doesn't think we shouldn't show it. There are about 73 F-bombs in this video, okay? So I want to warn everyone, when we play this video, make sure there are no kids in the room. If you're driving in the car and you've got YouTube Premium playing on the background, be ready, okay? Be ready because there are it's F-bomb central. And if and, you're at home, tell them, tell them to go in the other room or yes, tell the make kids to go. tell them to just go. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man. That's it. That's, that's all. <laughs> Wash your mouth out after this one. Um, so, yeah, if anyone doesn't want to hear an F-bomb or 73 of them, now's the time to leave the show, okay? And Greg Rice says, show it. We're all adults here. For those of you listening on the pod, please, 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 this is a full disclaimer. We're marking it as sensitive and this and that so kids won't get their hands on it, obviously. And people are going, you're blowing us out of proportion. But I know I am. I grew up in a bocker 
family, okay? Trust me, I've heard the word many times. It was one of the wor first words I've ever learned. <laughs> but, yeah, I like what Boz we're, says. We're taking Boz the time says, to give you the uh... – <laughs> Is is awesome. Is Jacob here? He'll probably be here in a minute. We'll, we'll see. But oh, again, man. let's just jump right into it, and then we'll talk about our new linebacker coach. Okay? Well, what we, what we did is we gave you enough time. We, right. we talked about this enough to go ahead and uh, you know put the earmuffs on for anyone who doesn't want to want to hear the f bombs. So you ready to roll? As you said that, the number went from sixty four to sixty six. All right. So I'm going to say it once again. <laughs> please, please, please. There's F-bombs involved in this video, but hold on tight. Here we go. Let's do it. This is your new linebacker coach. All right. Uh, this guy is of Italian, of an Italian football family. It sounds like there's, I don't know, about 62 people in the family that's actually football coaches. They're from Jersey. And uh, it's not really what he says here or how bolsterous he is. It's the direction the coaching staff went in to hire him as the new linebacker coach. This is an attitude hire, and this is a stop-the-run top hire. Um, this is uh, the new linebacker coach, Anthony Campanilli. Here we go. I'm going to try and read this. I went to first grade twice, so I'm going to try and read this right. But imagine for a moment, if you can, a man running down the street with all your worldly possessions, taking from you everyone that you have ever loved and everything that you hold dear. I guarantee you will find a way, by any means necessary, to stop that man. That, very simply put, is pursuit. That's football at its best. That's us at our best. You're at your best when you're doing things for people you love. All the time you practice, all the time you spend away from the people you love, okay? Our job is on Sunday, literally, to honor those people. That's it. That's our job. Go out there and honor the people you love. Play as fucking hard as you can. Attack the fucking ball like it's some guy running down the street with your mother, your father. I don't I don't know who the my kids, whatever. Like that will make me out of my fucking mind. There ain't no fucking way that guy's getting away from me. And there certainly ain't anybody getting in my fucking path to block me, to stop me from bringing them back in my life. That ain't gonna fucking happen. Okay? But if you treat it like that all the time. You fucking practice like that? You commit to practicing like that with each other? You're fucking unstoppable. Don't know who the fuck is going to stop you from doing what you want to do. Everybody understands ass whooping, okay? I can go to Greece and somebody start getting their fucking ass whooped. We all understand what's happening, okay? We're all speaking the same language, right? We might not be able to communicate, but if somebody getting their ass kicked, nothing's lost in translation, okay? All over the world, they speak ass whooping, okay? To the day you die. Okay, so here's what I'm saying. Let's eliminate that factor. They can't outwork you. Eliminate that, and let's see what the fuck happens. Let the chips fall where they met. Okay, let's all just commit to each other. That's what we're gonna do. Don't stop throwing fucking punches. Don't stop attacking the ball. Don't fucking stop finishing blocks, and then we'll see what happens. All right. There you go. So, <laughs> that's Anthony Campanelli. I believe that's how you say his name, and. I'm sure it's funny hearing a redneck Irish Bacher's son pronounce an Italian name. Somewhere Emilio is in New York going, this idiot. He's <laughs> I believe that's the pronunciation. But uh seemed to be a hit in the chat. Um, again, hopefully we gave enough warning. 
Uh, but uh, I'm excited about it, man. And it's not just about the rah-rah and this and that. And, and there's some people rolling their eyes right now going, oh, that doesn't do anything on the field. I agree. you got to perform on the field. But I'm telling you right now, if if people know – if people think you know where you're going, they will follow you. You know, another Vince Lombardi quote we talk about all the time where he talks about, you know, uh, most battles are won in the in the hearts of men. And once you've won their heart, they'll follow you anywhere, Right. Um, just trying to get that attention to the group of like, look, we're we're aggressive. That is one thing that's totally different from Joe Barry. And I'm talking about totally different. Joe Barry was the nice guy. He was going to get down on their level and talk to them. And, hey, what do you need? What do you need for me to help you make help make you successful? This guy is coming in, hair on fire. Here's what we're freaking doing. Um, there was someone else that shared, I think it was Jacob Weston, Jacob Westendorf, I believe is how you say his name, shared a video earlier too of the guy that this guy coached under. And his whole thing is, I think he had a quote that said, solve your problems with aggression. It was something along those lines. Like if, if you're hesitant on the field and you don't think you see something, be more aggressive. And it's kind of what we talked about last year. You guys know I'm a big quarters Fangio style fan because I like the bend but don't break keep everything in front of you but there were so many times last year we said if you're going to make a mistake make it big don't don't just that's the problem with Darnell Savage here recently is it's like one second he'll 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 like he'll be aggressive to the point and then weak on the attack at other times he'll be weak to the to the point and aggressive with the attack both of those two things what it equals is you get a common denominator of you playing unbalanced. Whether you're starting slow, finishing fast, or starting fast, finishing slow, you just got to go all the way through, right? And this guy seems like he's going to teach that. And I think Jeff Halfley's going to bring – I think Jeff Halfley, from the videos I've watched, and I've, I've, I've watched a ton of interviews and stuff with him, sideline stuff, locker room talk, all that. He seems like he's going to be kind of bringing that Matt LaFleur approach that – you can tell he's a schemer. He's very intelligent. He's very calculated, and he will get fiery. This dude's going to be one of those guys that's just like, hey, you know what? Let's just go out there and kick their rear end. For yeah. you, and you got to have some dogs on that staff, right? You know, we got a mastermind, and you know the schemer, and then you know you've got to have your enforcers. You got to have your 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 absolute dogs that are. Uh, you know, willing to run through a wall for their players and expect their players to do the same thing for this team. And and I love it. This is exactly what fans have been been talking about, Absolutely, right? Absolutely. We want more aggressiveness, more, more intensity, more fire and brimstone, something that's been missing from this Packers defense. We've we've heard former Packers talk about that. Um, Mike Daniels has mentioned that uh before. Uh, it's here and we're putting the pieces together and uh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun to see this, this D come together this year for sure. Absolutely, man. Uh, everybody in the chat, Greg Rice says he quotes Vince. I love him. <laughs> uh, Jen Wright says legendary. Tad Samato says, I want to hear him say what the hell's going <laughs> on out here. That would be a good one too. They, they need to, they need to get that sound bot. Uh, in the bag for sure there on the sideline of Lambeau Field. Donald in the chat says, did y'all see Ryan Grant vouch for this, dude? I did not. Um, we need to try to pull that up for sure. Eric Sutherland says, love him already. So, obviously, this guy's going to be a big hit, um, Coach Campanelli. 
uh, like I said, just just kind of bringing that fire on fire approach. Now let's kind of dig into his background too. By the way, Chris says, "Hey guys, hit that like button for us while you're in here." When you hit the like button, guys, I know it just takes a second. I hate to ask, but it does boost the algorithm and help other Packer fans find this channel, find this content. So we would appreciate y'all doing that for sure. Um, really, really helps out. So let's do this, Tim. Let's kind of dig into Coach Anthony Campanelli's background. All right. First of all. It was Spoon that broke the news, and you guys heard me the other day. We were talking about how Spoon, uh, Tom Silverstein, is he is the mouthpiece for the organization. Like he is the one guy that that when you hear him mention something, it it most likely came from Goody or one of Goody's assistants. They use him as a vessel, in my opinion, to communicate to the fans without holding a presser. Right. So this is what Spoon put out. He put. The defensive hires uh, Packers coach Matt LaFleur has made were done with a transition to a 4-3 scheme in mind. That's the first time anyone has confirmed that. So this is coming from the Packers through Spoon that it is confirmed we are switching to a 4-3 scheme. You know, we talked about Coach Olavadati. If he gets let go, it pretty much confirms they're going to a 4-3. They let him go. Now they hire this guy. This is all the confirmation we needed. Now you're getting it from Spoon, too, just kind of double confirmation. Anthony Campanelli will be run game coordinator and linebackers coach and former outside linebackers coach Jason Rebervich will be the new D-line coach. I'll have details in the story that will be posted shortly. He also said, I don't know, about 40 minutes before that, pretty big coup for uh, Packers coach Matt LaFleur and defensive coordinator Jeff Halfley. They are expected to hire former Dolphins linebackers coach Anthony Campanelli. A source said the Giants had interviewed Campanelli for their D.C. job and the Eagles wanted him as a linebackers coach, the source said. So very, very popular candidate to the point that the Giants were actually thinking about replacing Wink Martindale with him. So that's really, really good stuff there. Again, a lot of good nuggets there from Spoon. 4-3 scheme, going to switch to that. We talked about Jason Rebervich. Is he just going to stick with the edges and kind of, you know, the, the quote-unquote pass rush specialist, just work with them on pass rush? Or is he going to be promoted to actually cover the entire defensive line? We know we bring in Coach Vince Ogabasi. Uh, we talked about that earlier today. So it sounds like Ogabasi and Jason Rebervich are going to team up as defensive line coaches. That's what that, at least that's the early indications until the actual coaches' rosters put out. We won't know for sure. Tim, anything you want to add before we start digging into his his bio here? First of all, got confirmation on the four three, something we've talked about the entire time. Uh, how you feeling about it so far, man? Uh, feeling good. You know, change, change is in the air. You know, if you're going to change, change. And that's clearly what's happening. Um, we're keeping some pieces that work for us um, and, and have proven themselves, which I agree with. Um, you know, it'll be kind of cool to see this uh, approach with uh, Rebrovich and um, God, I'm going to butcher his name. Oh, uh, help me with his name. Which Our, one? Oh, is it Ogabasi? Ogabasi? Oh. Ogabasi, yeah. That's okay. that's okay. that's what the pronunciation said anyway. So, so Co at it. <laughs> Coach Ogabasi and then Rebrovich. Yeah, say that three times fast. Um, we're gonna find out their nicknames. Um, but just to see how they're gonna handle this defensive line, because um, you know, it looks like there's not it's not about you know one man uh, with that job. I think we talked a little offline about that. You said um, you know, o Ogabasi might have more of a uh be looking at the inside part of the uh the d-line interior d-line and then uh maybe rebrovich fo focusing more on the outside part of it or you know it's a two-pronged approach i think is pretty interesting there so um again i'm just excited to see how things are going to develop uh as we go to this uh 
you know, it's not new, but it's new to us recently in recent memory, you know, mm-hmm. the three or the going from a three, four to a four, three. So uh, it'd be fun to see that uh, develop. Yeah. Like we mentioned in the ticker two, to the best of my knowledge, it was 2008 was the last time the Packers ran a four, three. And you guys remember that was Aaron Campman KGB back in those days. Yeah. Um, going way back. That was under, I believe it was DC Bob Sanders, if I remember correctly. And obviously that had grown stale. They switched to the 34, which is 34 zone blitz was really, really popular at the time. It got us a Super Bowl, and now they're going back to a 4-3. So this is exciting time for me because since I started digging into the X's and O's and trying to understand the game as much as I possibly could, they've always ran a 34 defense. So it was always learning the nuances of the 34. And here recently, the 34 jam and and kind of how they ran their front. This is going to be diving into a whole new defense for me, other than just kind of scouting other teams and going, okay, yeah, they play a 4-3. They like the – in the nickel, they like to play an under, what have you. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun being able to dig in and try to fully understand how the 4-3 works, some of the principles involved. I'm going to try to start digging now and get us a former coach or maybe a current lower-level coach like high school, college who specializes in 4-3, I'm going to reach out to Coach Haddad and see if he knows anyone, just to see if there's any kind of techniques we can pick up on early, right? Because they're going to play different, especially at that linebacker position. Because, you know, with a 34, uh, typically when, you, when you're when you in nickel and they're one back, it's one back equals one gap. But when they go two back in a base, sometimes you have two gaps involved, and that's where the 34 jam really came into play. So it's going to be interesting to see. It's been d- described to me early on, that when you play a 4-3, especially the way that Robert Sala plays a 4-3, he wants his defensive line to penetrate immediately. There's no lagging back. There's no engage, get your eyes in the backfield. It's just this is my gap. Split that freaking gap and attack anything that's in your way along the way, right? So that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, I'm going to dread listening to that one back. So you already had F bombs. What's the difference, man? We're, yeah, we're rolling yeah. tonight. Put down some barriers tonight, didn't we? Again, I hope we gave enough notice, but it is what it is. We'll we'll apologize later, right? But uh, you know, I I don't want to get too much into it, but people like that speak in the real world too. Like it's disrespectful. I get it. In a closed meeting like that, and giving someone warning, I just don't. Yeah. I, listen, I'm in the Bible Belt too, guys. So I'm an alien down here. Um, I don't, I don't understand all the emphasis on, but oh, that's bad language. And then they go home and beat their wife. It's like, it's like what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, are we a little mixed up here? Anyway. I think it's important to note though, that, I mean, you bring up a good point. We've got young players in this league. We have a young team, you know, youngest team in the league. Um, you know, this, a lot of young people, that's how they communicate, man. I mean, <laughs> I was a foul mouth teenager. I'm still a foul mouth adult. At times, you know, what are you going to do? But um, sometimes, you you know, a, an accurately placed F-bomb with emphasis at times in a conversation can, uh, serves can a drive. Yeah, it serves a purpose and drives your point home. So especially with young, you know, defensive football players, man. So uh, I'm all for it, man. Bring bring on the fire. It's, it's interesting, too, because like the Packers, especially from an organizational standpoint, they try to keep this. The squeaky clean image, right? And and I do love and respect that about the Packers. This guy might be hard to control. <laughs> it's gonna be and Rich Basaccia is one too, though, right? Oh yeah. Like, oh he, yeah. We've heard him on busting with the boys, even Matt LaFleur on busting with the boys, right? He was in the 
in there yeah. dropping F bombs. So anyway, uh, Master Assassin893 in the chat said, I love we're getting a total culture shift on defense. Can't wait to see how Goot slash Halfley approach the draft in the free agent market now. A high end safety seems a must. Completely agree, Master Assassin. Um, it, you, you've got to sure up the safety spot. And it honestly, going into the offseason, it kind of felt like we may run it back with these safeties, right? We may we may sign Jonathan Owens back because he's going to be on the cheap. You'll probably be getting up, be able to get Darnell Savage for three million less than they valued him last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring him back. Uh, same, you know, same thing with Rudy Ford potentially. He tests the market, he can come back. But if you're bringing in a new DC and one that specializes in secondary play, he's going to look at this tape from last year and he's probably going to see the same thing we've seen. Like, oh, huh, this ain't going to work. Like. These guys blowing simple coverages. This this isn't going to get it right. So I think you will see kind of a, a large turnover there. And I put some tweets out earlier today to kind of get a feel for a mock draft. If we got time, we'll run through a quick mock. I don't know if we will because I want to get through all this information. But uh, I basically went and did a mock earlier and took the I picked the, the what I felt like would be the top four choices in those specific situations and tweeted out a poll so Packer fans could vote of these four players with this specific pick. Which would you take? So I thought we would kind of run through a mock and, and walk through that. I thought that would be kind of cool and see what needs we could get filled. So if we get time, we'll do that. But we definitely want to hit on this coaching information. So Anthony Campanelli, I'm going to move on from this biopic here. Um, this uh, this one was uh, from Boston College. Right here, though, we've got um, – this is from basically his basic Wikipedia page. I want to give you guys an idea of his, his background, if you will. Anthony Campanelli was born – uh, August 18th, 1982, so that means he's like a month older than me, um, is an American football coach who is the linebackers coach for the Green Bay Packers of the National Football League. He was previously the linebackers coach in Michigan football team. I love how they just skipped over Miami. They're like, they're not even worth mentioning. Early life, Campanelli grew up in Fairlawn, New Jersey, so he's a Jersey boy, pretty cool. Uh, you know, when I think of the Jersey guys in the football realm, I think of Bill Parcells and his crew, right? That they, they were yeah. You know, just tough, hard-nosed, gritty football coaches, right? Um, he uh, attended Fairlawn High School. Anthony would end up playing safety and linebacker for Rutgers from 01 to 04. So he stayed right there in the area, played for Rutgers. He was safety and linebacker, probably started at safety and then moved to linebacker, I would imagine, with the order that's put in there. Coaching, Campanelli started his coaching career as a student assistant coach <clears throat> for Rutgers in 05. He then went on to his alma mater, uh, Fairlawn High School, for one season. Anthony served as offensive coordinator after three years as the linebacker coach and defensive coordinator for the high school powerhouse, Don Bosco. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones 
by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, preparatory high school in Ramsey, New Jersey, leading the Ironman to NJSIAA Group 4, I believe I'm saying that Roman numeral right, state championship in 2010 and 2011. So he won state championships high school, uh, coaching high school ball. Don Bosco's 2011 squad compiled an 11-0 record and earned a number one national ranking in several polls, including that of USA Today. So at Rutgers, it says Anthony returned to Rutgers in 2012 as a defensive assistant. Campanelli helped coach a unit that finished fourth in the nation in scoring defense at 14.1 points per game. That's wild right there. Tied for ninth in turnovers gained uh, with 32 and 10th in total defense at 311.62 yards allowed per game. In 2013, Campanelli became the team's wide receiver and tight ends coach, so he switches over to offense. Um, He helped mentor tied in Tyler Croft to uh, SI.com honorable mention All-American and first team All-American Athletic Conference. Uh, Croft led the team in receiving yards of 573 and receptions with 43. Uh, Croft was the only Scarlet Knight to record at least one reception in all 13 games and earned John Mackey National Tight End of the Week uh, after racking up six catches for 133 yards and a touchdown versus Arkansas. He went on to Boston College, of course, uh, on January thir- or January 13, 2016. Campanelli was hired as defensive backs coach at Boston College. So we're just going to kind of rattle through his coaching history real quick, okay? First of all, when he played, his height, six foot one, two 222 pounds, pretty big old boy there, pretty thick there in the middle playing, uh, playing linebacker. So as a coach, he started at Fairlawn High School, like we mentioned, as linebacker's coach. He went on to Don Bosco Prep. Um, where he was the defensive coordinator. Then the next year, or the next two years, I should say, Don Bosco Prep, he was the offensive coordinator. So he went from defensive coordinator to offensive coordinator. Then he goes to Rutgers from 2012 to 2013 as a defensive assistant. Um, Rutgers in 2013 to 2014, he switched over to tight ends coach. Offensive coordinator, 
defensive assistant, over to tight ends coach. Then at Rutgers in 2015, he hops over and coaches the wide receivers. Then he gets a job at Boston College in 2016 and 2017 as the defensive backs coach. Boston College in 2018, they made him co-defensive coordinator slash defensive backs coach. Then he gets a promotion, takes a job in Michigan as the linebacker coach. Then he arrives at Miami in 2020 up till this past year as the linebackers coach. And now, of course, the Packers hired him. So, Tim, well, six out there, man. Linebacker coach, first of all, he played safety and linebacker in high school or in college. He was a linebacker coach, a defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, a defensive assistant, a tight end coach, a wide receiver coach, a DB coach, co-defensive coordinator, linebacker coach, linebacker coach, linebacker coach, settled in on the linebacker position. When you see people who have coached on both sides of the ball, what it tells you is extremely high football IQ, and there's no better way to stop an offense than to hire someone, in my opinion, who has coached on the other side of the ball. That's what makes Bill Belichick so valuable is no one just considers him a defensive coach. He's so well-rounded. And I'm not trying to mention Anthony Campanelli in the same breath as, as uh, you know, Coach Belichick as if they're on the same level. Please don't take that the wrong way. I'm just simply pointing out I love seeing that resume with all the versatility. So pretty rare you see that, right, Tim, where you got someone who's coached on both sides of the ball, man. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, you can tell this guy knows football, and that's that's who we want. So it's not just fire and brimstone. It's not just, you know, the intensity. It's There's a huge knowledge base there, um, and it's rooted in, in experience. And I think that, you know, you look at his playing playing days. Yeah, he was a safety and a linebacker. So so playing safety and linebacker will give you some, uh, you know, pretty good perception on, uh, you know, tight end and receiver play. You know, you're just seeing it from that perspective as a player. So I could see how, you know, when he went into coaching that, uh, you know, he had some work working with tight ends and, you know, DBs, receivers, and, you know, now obviously uh, coaching linebackers. So um, this is going to be, this is going to be good. I think this is going to be a good hire. Honestly, I really do. Yeah, me too, man. I think it's going to be great. Um, Coach Monk in the chat says, hey, Clayton, where did you graduate high school from? Um, he asked if I graduated from Daniel Boone or Crockett. Those are two high schools here in, uh, close to Jonesboro. I'm actually originally from Kentucky, Coach Monk. So uh, I grew up uh, in a little small town in Harlan County, Kentucky. Uh, went to Cumberland High School uh, back home in Kentucky. So, yeah. Um, all right, back to Coach Campanelli. Um, Boston College. On January 13, 2016, Campanelli was hired as defensive backs coach at Boston College and the co-defensive coordinator for the Boston College football team. Campanelli's defensive unit ranked 65th in total defense, 93rd in total yards uh, on defense, 49th in total rushing yards on defense, and 29th in defensive efficiency. Now we've got a part two to that real quick. Um, he went on to Michigan on January 11, 2019. Campanelli was hired by the Mich- by Michigan to become the new linebackers position coach and served as a defensive assistant, and he only ended up being there for one season. Then he went on to Miami, the Dolphins, like I said, in 2020. He was hired by the Dolphins as the team's linebacker coach. So you see everywhere he's gone, every move along the way, it's been a promotion. That's what's important to understand here. I think someone in the chat, if I read correctly, they said, man, this guy can't keep a job. That's not the case at all, in my opinion. You go from your alma mater high school, right, to a higher prep school, 
and you jump around from DC to OC, then you jump from from that prep school to Rutgers, uh, you know, significant increase there in college. And then you go from there to Boston College. I think we would all agree that Boston College is at the time, especially probably coming off of, you know, the, that riding that recruiting high of when they had a good program that back when Matt Ryan was there, which was, you know, obviously several years earlier. Then he goes to Michigan, I think we would all agree, is a much, much, much more prominent university, seeing they just won a national title this year. So he went there in 2019, and then he makes it to the big time, to the NFL. So to me, it looks like a promotion every step of the way. Um, so I don't know. I'm excited about it for sure. Um, so uh, Miami Dolphins obviously is hired there. His personal life says Anthony and his wife, Tracy, have two daughters and a son. I love this part right here. Campanile is from a proud Italian-American family in New Jersey full of football coaches. Growing up, he watched his father, Mike, coach at Paramus Catholic High School in New Jersey for 10 years. Mike and his brother, Vito, coach at Bergen Catholic High School, where Nunzio um, also used to coach before joining Rutgers. Another brother, Nicky, is a coach at DePier, or at DePaul High School. So all of these cats – in this Campanelli family are coaching football and they're taking after their dad. They've been around football their entire life. Um, that's exciting to me because you hear some stories like, well, no, this guy was kind of an analytics student. He came on the scene and some of those guys make good coaches. This dude's been around football for a very, very, very long time. Now, Tim, I know some people are sitting here going, okay, that's great and all, but we'll see what he can do on the field. Why did we hire him? Immediately. This is where my mind went was like, okay, what did Miami do good last year, and are there any ties to Coach Campanelli and him being a reason that they did well in that regard? One of the things, what's the one of the most important things that we talk about on this show all the time is controlling explosive plays, right? Green Bay was horrible at it last year, right? I'm still mind-boggled by the fact that we finished 12th in scoring defense knowing how many explosives we gave up you know, with the blown coverages, the missed tackles, and, and everything else. This is what Miami did good last year. I want you to look at the far left column. These are the most explosive plays in 2023 season, weeks 1 through 18. An explosive play on the run in the running game is a running play of 10 yards or more. An explosive game or explosive play in the passing game is a passing play of 20 yards or more. Look at the far left column and look at what they did against the run. They were the absolute best defense in the entire NFL at controlling explosive run plays, okay? And who was the linebackers coach? Yep. So, there you go, right? That's something that really kind of piqued my interest, like, okay, all right. So you're probably going to get someone who's going to come in and button that up a bit. Look at where Green Bay ranked, okay? Green Bay is, you know, they're, they're showing they gave up 47. It's not sorted by that ranking. It's sorted by overall explosive plays. And you can see Miami didn't do so well when it comes to controlling explosive plays uh, in the passing game, but they still finished what was it third in the entire league in overall explosive plays. But when you look where Green Bay was at at 47, Green Bay basically more than doubled, more than doubled the amount of explosive plays on the ground than Miami did as far as what they allowed last year. So you're going to see, I think, a significant improvement there. Maybe it's the attitude he brings to the table. Maybe it's the tackling technique, that type of thing. Definitely going to be more aggressive tackles. Uh, with this defense and Coach Campanelli here. Um, no, one other thing, too, here real quick. I went ahead and pulled the team statistics for rushing defense. Yards per attempt allowed 
Miami finished seventh at 3.8. So you can see Matt LaFleur is still thinking in that vein of we got to control the explosives. We got to control the explosives. I think they went through and handpicked someone and said, hey, look, you know what? Let's pluck from Miami. Let's go down there and let's try to get a young, great coach out of their defense. And I'm sure they had him on his rate on their radar already specifically. I'm sure someone in the organization knew about him. Um, but again, it's just another thing that makes me go, I like this hire, Tim. I really like this hire. Um, let's see. One other thing, too. PFF. Let's cross-check into PFF. We've showed you explosives. They were third, or they were very first in the league in controlling explosives in the run, right? We showed you the yards per attempt in the running game. They only allowed 3.8, which is actually, I, I told you guys wrong, that was tied for third best. You see there's a bunch of 3.8s there. They were tied for third best run defense in the league as far as yards per attempt. And now let's cross-check it at PFF. If you sort by run defense and PFF, look which team had the highest run defense grade in the entire well, Looky there, right at the top. So for the people that say explosives don't matter, PFF doesn't matter, all of these, you know, analytics don't matter. It, I, I guess it's just one heck of a coincidence, right, that uh, all these things lined up. I swear, I think that I think they used data similar to this, not this stuff specifically, but their own version of this type of data and said, we got to get these explosives under control. Let's go pluck from the team that's doing it just about as good as anyone in the league. And I think this does lend some some, uh, you know, some respect. I guess you could say it, it warrants respect for PFF. The fact that, you know, Miami was so good with run defense and here we are plucking a linebacker right out of their uh, right out of their coaching staff. So. Um, Tim, anything you want to add to what we just talked about there, man? No, I just I think it's great. It, it's just you know gut reaction. This feels like a good hire, and this feels like you know we talked about culture shift and you know change is here. You know I I keep I'm going to keep repeating that because you know I'm a quarters guy too. I, I was a Barry guy too. This is what everyone asked for. So right. you know let's not uh, you know we got to get behind these these new staff members you know, as fans and uh, we have to believe in this scheme. And part of part of doing that is learning as we go and uh, getting to know these new faces. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I like Tony, Tony, uh, is it Campanelli? Campanelli, right? Anthony Campanelli. Yeah. He Anthony. may go by Tony. I don't know. We're, we're going to find out, but yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. You know, cause there's probably a lot of them, you know, if everyone's if there's like five Anthony's someone's got to be a Tony someone's got to be in it you know so maybe he is I'll just call him coach C for right now <laughs> well, from now on we'll call you C you know so, um but uh no a lot to be excited for and uh on the defensive side of the ball for sure and um I can't wait I'm, I'm more excited for camp I think even than I was uh last season and I was super hyped <laughs> for last yeah. season so uh this is going to be fun to learn as we go I'm really excited too, but I'm I'm a little pissed off too, because it's like this is what would this be? This would be my 14th season of me trying to dig deep and like understand the game of football. You know, um, I've been doing it since 2010 essentially. Um, ironically, it was the year the Packers won the Super Bowl it was the first year I really started to dig in. Maybe that's why the game grabbed me by the heart so <laughs> so bad. It's like when your team wins the Super Bowl the same year that you actually decide I'm going to try to figure out this X's and O's thing. Um, so 14 years in, and I understand going into training camp, we're not going to know what this defense is until week four or five. And I don't mean like how good are they going to be. I mean schematically because it changes so much from week to week. 
we'll know what the base is regardless because when we see family night and in, in, in some of the yeah. practice footage you'll see the four the four down linemen and, and what they're doing in specific down and distance situations that they're practicing but I'm just I'm saying specifically like it's going to take week four or five before we get through chalk talk week four we're going to be like okay so here's here's, here's you can see what the plan is that's yeah, preseason is always vanilla right you don't want to put too much Absolutely. on film in the preseason Absolutely. And that's the frustrating part for me because I want to know right now. I want to know right now. That's my that's my personality. But it will be fun to pick up as much as we can along the way, man. I'm excited. It's just it, you know, that's one positive about changing up coaching staffs from time to time, is it does create this 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 sense of optimism, right? Now you're still gonna have the people who are gonna dog the team, dog the move no matter what, and that's okay. You know, people can do what they want, but um anytime you change schemes, it just it's something else to learn. Greg Rice in the chat says, Barry, talking about Joe Barry, is Miami's linebackers coach and run game coordinator. Are we still paying Barry, though? Um, and then uh, someone, I think, tried to respond to him. And then Greg said, I think coaches get paid by a team when they get, when they are fired. Might be wrong, though. So they kept his contract really under wraps. I think we pretty much got it confirmed that Joe Barry was still under contract, right? It, what His contract hadn't expired, but he was still under contract. So us not knowing the numbers, we don't know exactly. But I will say this, there is an offset clause in the NFL. And it, it's wild because it actually, if I understood correctly, it carries over into broadcasting and other avenues too. So essentially what it is, when you hire a coach, right, and you fire him, He's guaranteed that money regardless, but if he takes a job somewhere else, right, then the, the, the contract will somewhat offset, meaning if they offer him less, you've got to pay the difference. He can't double dip, essentially, is the rule. So if he goes to Miami, let's say, and I don't know what we were paying him. Somebody's going to get mad whether it was high or low. Let's say we were paying Joe Barry a million dollars a year. I, I don't know if that's a decent number for someone that's a D.C. I have no idea. Let's say we were paying him a million dollars a year, and obviously we're letting him go, but he wanted to continue to coach. He could just take the year off and get that money, whatever the rest of his contract was. But he wanted to continue to coach. So if he goes down there and says, yeah, how much will you pay me? What are you worth? Whatever. Okay, we'll give you a three-year deal for you know whatever, $500,000, whatever it is. Then Green Bay will still be pay paying that offset of five hundred grand, which is the difference between the million they they guaranteed and the five hundred that the Dolphins were going to pay. If that makes sense, so I think that's how it works, Greg. That's how Michael Lombardi briefly described it one day on his podcast, the GM Shuffle. But I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, you could probably do a little bit of digging though, and kind of get, um, you know, kind of get the uh, the details on exactly how that works. I'd like to know that answer too. So if you guys figure it out for sure. Let me know. But yeah, I think that's a pretty good guess there. So these are the little ins and outs that I love learning about the game, man. I, just the business side, it, it's it's fascinating on top of the X's and O's. So when we dig into the coaching staff, look at this updated image right here, Tim. Is this not <laughs> the most ghetto-rific uh, <laughs> screenshot you've ever seen? Until oh, they well. update the site, which by the way, Jerry Montgomery is still the defensive line coach on the Packers site. So we did it ourselves here. All right. Look at Coach Campanelli's photo right there. <laughs> like I a mean, mugshot, don't This it, guy just looks like you talk you talking to me? You you talking to me? It like, looks like he, he, he just was smacked somebody <laughs> so fast. You talk about hey, get off the bus, guys, right? You talk about Absolutely. who you want to roll into, you know, a bar fight with. 
yeah, I'm liking I'm liking how our defensive staff is uh, shaping up here, guys. <laughs> and look at Halfley's up there. Like he looks like he's just bankrolling the whole thing, right? Like yeah. he, he don't look like he wants to fight. But you go out and say, all right, give me Vince Ogabasi. Let's let's yeah, let's put him right up front, coming off the bus. We'll have Anthony Campanelli walk out with his hand in his jacket pocket, like he's packing. You yep. know, what I'm saying? with Rebrovich <laughs> right behind him. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Rebrovich looks like he he raises cattle in the off season and buries people on his property. Right, I love it. <laughs> um, so here's here's your defensive staff as it sits right now. Jeff Halfley, defensive coordinator. Um, your linebacker coach slash run game coordinator is Anthony Campanelli. Okay. You've got your defensive line coach. They announced today that Jess, Jason Reprovich will go from pass rush specialist to defensive line coach. Now, you guys know yesterday we mentioned that Vince Ogabasi was hired to be the defensive line coach. So if I had to guess there, they're going to kind of work that together and maybe they'll come up with a, an official title later. I don't know. Now it is confirmed. We did let passing game coordinator go, uh, Greg Williams. So he's gone. It was confirmed by, by spoon that Ryan Downer defensive backs coach will be returning. So he's still here. So I was um, wrong about that. Don't, don't light me up in the chat. I, I was, <laughs> hey, listen, I, everybody's I wrong. wrong. On I will admit I was wrong. Um, hey. Thank you, Coach Williams, for your service. Um, got to meet him a few times, man. A really good dude. So um, hopefully he uh, gets hired somewhere else. Wish him the best for sure. And that's kind of one of them things that, you know, when when Matt LaFleur brung him in, I'm pretty sure he got hired last year, right, during yep. the offseason. So you know they brung him in to go, okay, let's run this kind of Fangio style. Let's, you know, by midseason we pretty much scrapped that and went to just a middle field close look the majority of the time because the run defense was struggling so bad they were trying to get some extra guys down in the box. So now they're probably looking up at him and going, "Hey, he's gone." Yeah, Dead Fish says, "Fire Tim, get him out of here." We need we need that Family Feud, that X noise, don't we? I got to get that. In the meantime, just hit me with the wash your hands and wash your butt. That'll be that'll be what that's we the placeholder. All right, Tay. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man. That's it. That's that's all. <laughs> so Greg Williams is out as passing game coordinator. Ryan Downard, it's been confirmed he's going to remain on as defensive backs coach. We mentioned Jason Rebervich. We still haven't heard anything about Wendell Davis or Wendell Davis, however you say it. He's defensive quality control coach. They confirmed that defensive quality control coach, Justin Hood, was indeed out. So I'm sure Spoon will have some more information in the next few days as they round this out. I'm eager to see who they bring in as passing game coordinator. Because, um, you know, Jeff Halfley is going to be very, very, very hands-on with the passing game coordination it, it may be they just bring in a young guy, slap the title on him, and Jeff's actually doing you know everything behind the scenes. That could be the case, but uh, I'm eager to see though. Who knows, man? Maybe they go out and bring in a a big name, uh, a big name passing game coordinator, right? Someone who's been around the game for a while. That would be absolutely awesome. Um, you know, at this point, I think I think everything's still kind of on the table. But it's neat to see this shaping up, and I love the fact that they they took Jason Rebervich, who was the pass rush specialist in a 34 defense. They kept him on board because they probably liked the results they were getting. You've seen the pass rush last year, guys. Like we, uh, you've seen it over and over and over every single week. How Rashawn Gary was, you know, in the top five, top ten, top thirteen, whatever, whatever it was, consistently with with pressure percentage. And then you've seen the defense as a whole with Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt. They had great pass rush, uh, you know, pressure percentage numbers. Um, it was just a run game that we kind of struggled with. I like that. Hey, let's keep Jason Rebervich on to work on the pass rush. He's going to be a defensive line coach. And then you bring in the big boy, Vince Ogabasi, 
to probably help out with the run defense and and more specifically up front with the defensive line in that regard. I kind of like that idea there, kind of a you know a, a collaborative effort, if you will. So um, I'm liking how it's coming together, man. I really am. I'm eager to see who's going to be the passing game coordinator though, and that should drop here um, pretty sh- pretty soon, I'm sure, if they are going to place someone in there. Um, you guys know Christian Parker. I was kind of thinking maybe he would be, but he took a job. I think was it with the Eagles? Am I thinking right, Tim? I'm trying to remember who. I can't remember what team he went to. It doesn't really matter. He's he's not here. That's all that matters, right? So, um, yeah. So that's how that falls into place, right there. Now, something else I wanted to do, kind of dig into. Let's let's see if we can do this with the mock draft real quick, okay? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna grab a couple of screenshots here real quick, and I'm gonna try to set us up a mock draft. If you got anything you want to hit on there in the chat, Tim, go right ahead as I mm-hmm. grab these screenshots. Um, I'm going to try to prepare this real quick because I wanted to see what a mock draft would look like, specifically a three rounder mm-hmm. with Twitter, with Packer fans on Twitter and their input on, hey, here's who I would take in these specific situations with these picks. AFAM's got a new uh, new position coach um, proposal here, lead Bratwurst specialist. So I'm wondering. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a real human, too, doesn't it? <laughs> You know what's funny is there's if you go to Lambeau on any given Sunday, there's about seventy thousand of those. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> unless he was talking about Rebrovich, maybe maybe Rebrovich is the uh, the lead Bratwurst specialist. <laughs> right, right. I don't know, but uh, I love it. AFAM always giving us some uh, comedic relief for sure. Right <laughs> always, always filling it, filling the time for us for sure. I about got these loaded up here, and then I'm gonna fire it up. We'll go. We'll do the mock draft database. Uh, mock draft. I really like how that lays out. It's it's pretty easy to kind of uh, navigate, but uh, we'll fire these up here and we'll kind of start to talk about it. Let's see here. So let's start off with there's the 58th pick. There's the 41st pick. There's the 25th pick. So I'm going to leave this on the screen right now, Tim. If you want to read that tweet off to them and tell who won that, we'll kind of set our draft up by that. But go right ahead. Just kind of read that tweet to them. Okay. So we had this out earlier with the 25th pick having to choose from these players. Who would you Rather, the Packers draft uh, defensive lineman uh, Byron Murphy, um, interior O-line Graham Barton, offensive tackle Jordan Morgan, or cornerback Ennis Rakestraw. And Rakestraw is your choice. 54.4% of the votes going with Ennis Rakestraw. And the reason I did that, I tried to run multiple mock drafts and find the players that were always available. I didn't want to get in a situation where none of those four would be available if, indeed, we did get around to doing a quick mock draft. And we're going to do multiple of these um, all offseason leading up to the draft. We'll just randomly throw them in for you guys. I think it's a good little exercise uh, to perform here for sure. So let me see if I can get this up on the screen. You probably can't see it right now, so let me drop that down. So, again, those, those choices with the number 25th pick, right, the 25th pick in the draft, the one that run was cornerback Enos Rakestraw, okay? And number two was defensive lineman Byron Murphy. Number three was interior offensive line Graham Barton. Number four was offensive tackle Jordan Morgan, okay? So let's drop this down. You can see the mock draft here, right, Tim? I believe that's a yes. You yep, may be- sorry, I'm on mute. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right, buddy. That's all right. All right, here we go. We're going to go ahead and start the I'm draft. I'm definitely and blind, Clayton. Sorry. <laughs> Join the club, bro. I, I know exactly how you feel. All right, let's see how this falls to the Packers. So look at this. There's already a player that's better here, right? But we got to go with these four. You know what? We're okay with taking someone that's ranked above these. What I wanted to do was get in a situation where, okay, if 
if one of these players, if, the, if one of these four are the only one available as our best available, that's who we're going to take. Does that make sense? So let's flash it up one more time again. Ennis Rachstraw, let's see if he is available right now. I'm not seeing him on the initial list. So it looks like he is all nope, right there. He is at number 35. So here's the question, guys, and I need you to help me with the chat here. All right, guys, who are we taking here? Jerzan Newton, right? Jerzan Newton, defensive lineman out of Illinois, would probably be my pick. He's the best on the board. You've got Graham Barton there, interior offensive line, which is one of those players. You've got Byron Murphy. You had Ennis Rakestraw. So we mentioned all those players. Should we go with what Twitter picked or should we go a different route? What do you think, Tim? And I know the chat's going to chime in here. I want to give those, the chat time to catch up. Yeah, those are your best available right there on the screen right now. Jerzon Newton, defensive lineman from Illinois, the 19th overall prospect. Then you got Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. You got defensive lineman Byron Murphy out of Texas, quarterback J.J. McCarthy, interior offensive lineman Graham Barton. And then, of course, we pointed out, excuse me, Ennis Rakestraw uh, is available too. My question is, is can, can Graham Barton play right guard? It sounds like Graham Barton can play left tackle too. Like he's one of those more versatile players for sure. Uh, at least that's what I'm hearing. Um, There's my draft pick if you want my my two cents. <laughs> Let's see what the chat's saying here. That says Newton. <laughs> yeah, the chat says Jordan Morgan is the most Packer fit ever. That's the other thing, right, H.E. Sauter? It's like we, we know some of these guys are specific fits for the Packers, but this is kind of our draft, right? So – Let's, let's try to steer clear of that and who would we take, right? And if he is your pick, that's totally cool. But I'm with you. The We can't sit here all night waiting for the results to come in, but it looks like almost everyone, right? Almost everyone is um, Newton. Deadfish says Newton. H.E. Salter says Newton. Donald says Newton. Eric Sutherland says Newton. Uh, Greg Rouse says Newton like Raji. It's a great question. I'd like to know that myself, my friend. Um, so with that being said, I think we got to go Newton, don't you, Tim? Yeah, we're over overriding the Twitter poll. The chat has spoken. Yeah, nice. let's do it. All right, here we go. We're taking Newton. Newton. On to the next pick. So as that's ciphering through, let's go through now. Look at these guys wanting our picks. We ain't trading, dude. You ain't got nothing we want. Get out of here with that crap. <laughs> All right, so let's see here. Let's go to the next tweet that we had. Um, that would be what this is number 41, correct? So with the four West, well, I said with the 41st pick, having to choose from these players, who would you rather the Packers draft? Um, is it safety Cameron Kitchens, safety Tyler Newbin, defensive line Leonard Taylor, or defensive line Chris Jenkins? Pretty much a runaway. They said safety Cameron Kitchens. Uh, then it was at 59.5%. Then they said safety Tyler Newbin at 23.8%. Then they said defensive lineman Chris Jenkins, then defensive lineman Leonard Taylor. So pretty unanimous. Twitter said Cameron Kitchens. You guys know I'm a Tyler Newbin guy, but I want to know what you guys think about it. The uh, consensus, uh, you know, the uh, the mock draft database information and the consensus big board suggests Cameron Kitchens is the better guy. I know Jake Shavink talked about in here the other day, and when we got on the pod together, he said that he's definitely a better fit for what Green Bay's looking to do. He didn't necessarily yep. say that he was a better prospect than Tyler Newbin. I know the 33rd team has Tyler Newbin as a better prospect by like five or six slots overall on their yep. vertical board. So I'm going with Jake Savink on that one. I think I, so too. I'll yeah. take the better fit because, you know, one of the things we've not complained about but pointed out is trying to put, you know, square pegs into, into a round hole with a, a lot of these players. You know, Quay is a guy that is, makes me think of that. You know, he was brought into the NFL and asked to do a lot of different things, you know, outside of his, um, you know, what he's used to doing. So 
you know, if you've got a guy that's going to fit into, you know, what it looks like we're going to be running here with, with coach Halfley, um, I, I'm going to lean towards that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's see what the chat says. Donald says Kinchins. Um, Johnny White says Newbin. Chris says Kinchins. Eric Sutherland says Kinchins. Jim says Kinchins. Glenn Rice says, who's faster? <laughs> Great question. Don't have Uncle, to Uncle Eric Sutherland said, says uh, Kinchins, so we're going with Kinchins. It looks like everybody. It's pretty unanimous. We're going with Kinchins here. So let's do that. Let's go ahead and drop that down, and let's uh, let's go ahead and take Kinchins off the board here, and let's see how the, the rest of this draft falls. So, again, there's Cam Kinchins. We're going to take him. Bang, another A on the grade. Look at that. Uh, the draft database said, yes, we agree with it. Great job, guys. All right, people trying to get us to trade again ain't going to happen. All right, so number 58 spot. All right, let's go to the next tweet. With the 58th pick, having to choose from these players, who would you rather the Packers draft? Linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr., running back Trey Benson, safety Kalen Bullock, or offensive tackle Kieran Ojadaji, I think is how you say it, Omega Dodgy, I think is how you say it. Um, doesn't matter. He, I, I think people seen his name and said, I'll never be able to say that. So I'm not going to vote for him. But uh, linebacker, on, we figured out how to say uh, Kenneth Odomegwu. We can, we can figure this one out. Exactly. The, the two picks for Twitter is saying number one, linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr. at 38.7%, then safety Kalen Bullock at 32%. So if we took a safety, we would be double dipping in safety. But Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is in the lead there. Of course, you got Trey Benson at only 18.9%. So to me, I think we need to narrow it down in the chat. Guys, tell me who you would rather take, linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr. or safety Kalen Bullock. All right? I'm going to go ahead and advocate for Jeremiah Trotter Jr. because, uh, full disclosure, that was my vote in the Twitter poll. So Trotter Jr., let's, let's see what the chat thinks. All right, let's go to the chat. Let's see here. We'll start with Donald says Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Um, Reef said, forget your list, dude. If Cedric Gray's there, you better get him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Eric Sutherland says Bullock. All right. So we got one Trotter, one Bullock. All right. Um, let's see here. Chris says Trotter. Um, Jim says Oma, Oma Gadgi. Who? Oh. <laughs> Perfect, Tim. Perfect drop. Yeah. So he, I guess he's correcting me on that. All right, cool, man. Appreciate that. I, I, I'm sure I'll forget it by tomorrow, but I really, really appreciate you trying, helping this redneck out over here. Peter Stone says Trotter Jr. or Newbin if available. I think Newbin's gone. Let me just double check. I'm pretty sure he was higher than that. Yeah, Newbin's off the board already. So we oh, lost Newbin. Hold on. Put John Smith up. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Go ahead. Let's see it. <laughs> You know, Kuda's drafting three safeties. You know what would be hilarious, John? This I thought about this all offseason. For the last, I don't know, however long Goody has been GM, it's always they need to take a wide receiver in the first round. They need to take a wide receiver in the first round. We never do it, right? Mm -hmm. The wide receiver room is the cheapest in the league, to the best of my knowledge, maybe the third cheapest in the league. They absolutely exceeded all expectations last year. Watch this be the year that Goody takes a wide receiver <laughs> I would watch him trade up. up. Watch him trade up. Oh my God, man! Could you imagine? I would lose my mind. I'm just wondering where Marvin Harrison Jr. fits on our <laughs> on this on this team. <laughs> exactly. Oh, All right. Uh, so uh, Greg Rice says, "Is Trotter outside linebacker or outside linebacker?" I think he's a linebacker. Um, I, I don't know what outside linebacker or outside linebacker means, but we'll see um, what uh, Coach Campanelli says when he gets here. 
Exactly. Um, he's kind of that traditional inside linebacker. If we were in a 34, he'd be an inside linebacker. He's obviously not an edge rusher. I don't know enough about Jeremiah Trotter Jr. if he's going to play Will, Sam, or Mike. Um, regardless, I think when you take someone that high in the draft, you should be able to kind of mold them into what you want them to be, right? Reef says Benson, so there's your first first pick for Benson there. Yeah, right, running buddy. back entering the chat. All right. Yeah. Chad Inc. says Trotter. Uh, no idea who these guys are, says Jake K. I love it. <laughs> Brad <laughs> Lowe says Trotter Jr. Um, let's see. Uh, look at this. Deadfish says Zach Frazier. He said go down a bit and get Zach Frazier. Okay. It looks like Trotter Jr. is winning right now, right? Am I am I looking at this right, Tim? Uh, it seems that way. It, it kind of feels like way. I was trying to count them off there real quick. But, yeah, it, it looks like it, you guys need to get together and, and try to rig this thing, man, because y'all are voting against each, get yourselves and Trotter Jr. just ran ran away with it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think Trotter Jr. got the most votes here in in the chat. It looks like Twitter agreed with it, too. So let's just go ahead and move forward with Jeremiah Trotter Jr. OK, Tim, I need your help with the chat here. OK, I'm going to list the best four available after we make this pick. And we're going to finish this draft out. We may just have to finish it ourselves, too. I don't want to take too much time waiting on people's responses. So, guys, be really, really quick here. Tell me who your pick is, okay? So, with the 88th pick, here's the top choices. We got halfback uh, Blake Corum out of Michigan. You got safety Kalen Bullock is still there. That's wild. Uh, running back Jonathan Brooks, keep in mind, tore an ACL, probably won't be back until at the earliest October, maybe November. Uh, linebacker from Michigan, Junior Colson. You got cornerback Josh Newton, wide receiver Jermaine Burton, uh, interior offensive lineman Cedric Von Prom. Let's stick with the top four pick. here. What's that? See, that's my pick because we're we're neglecting our offensive line here so Good far. Point, yeah, yeah, we've completely ignored the interior offensive line too, and we so we would have to reach down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven spots to get it right now too, Tim. Yeah. That's the tough part. And look, you got a cluster here too. So when we pick again, they're ranked what 80, 83rd, 84th. We pick again 88. There's a good chance one of those guys will be there too, that little cluster. So keep yeah, that in mind. That's true. But so we can we go. Uh, oh, I'm going. I, now now you're making me think. I know it's tough. <laughs> now man. you're making me think. Do we, t do we go ahead and uh, take Bullock? Bullock, you know, that would give you another safety we're talking about. We're probably going to need about, you know, at least two or three safeties in this draft to kind of fill that room out, depending on who we bring back, who we might, may or may not yeah. sign in free agency. I'm Chad also is all over Corum, Blake Corum right now. Yeah, see, I, that's me. I was sitting here thinking this you're he's arguably the best running back in the draft. I know we've seen Trey Benson earlier, but I've seen many boards where Blake Corum is hands down the best running back in this draft. So I'm kind of leaning toward that too, right? And, you know, you you had, uh, you know, Coach, uh, gosh, what's his name, Harbaugh, ran kind of, if I remember correctly, he ran a pro-style offense too. So you got someone who's already used to a little bit of pass protection as well as working himself into the passing game and being a running back. So that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. You, is that right, Tim? The chat is all over Blake Corum? Pretty much. We've got a few for Bullock as well, um, but I'm seeing more, more Corum. Uh, for Corum. Yeah. All right, let's go Corum. You guys get ready as quick as you can. Let's make this next pick. We got to wrap up here, okay? I wanted to get through just the first three rounds, honestly, so we could kind of see if it would line up with what everyone was saying. So here we are at the 91st pick, all right? 91st pick. Got an A-plus for that Corum pick, by the way. That's awesome. Nice. Um, so here are your top prospects. Safety, Kalen Bullock is still there. Jonathan Brooks with the ACL still there at running back. Junior Colson, linebacker from Michigan, still there. Then you got cornerback Josh Newton, wide receiver Jermaine Burton, interior offensive lineman Cedric Von Prawn, interior offensive lineman Christian Haynes, interior offensive lineman Zach Zinter. 
Um, I think that's about as far as we need to go down right now. Chat, light it up. Let us know who you think here, okay? Again, you got uh, you got a safety, you got a running back, you got a linebacker, you got a cornerback, you got a, multiple positions to choose from. Our next pick isn't until 126. Like Tim pointed out, we're, ne we're neglecting offensive line a bit. And if we look down, these guys are more than worth this pick, being the 80th, 83rd, and 84th, being Cedric Von Prahn, Christian Haynes, and Zach Zenter here. So all of these guys are worthy of the 91st pick. I doubt they'll be there when we pick again at 126. So not to put pressure on the chat, but it kind of feels like might want to go interior offensive line here to ensure we get one of these uh, these top three guys here later in the draft. If what, I'm what, a GM, I'm taking Von Prahn right now, but I'm not the GM, and the chat is saying Bullock. Are they really? They're going yep. safety again. They're like, I'm tired of seeing these safeties blow coverage and miss tackles. <laughs> like, I don't just, care about the offensive line. You know, it's it's true too, though, Tim. Think about this. Forget for just a oh. second the offensive line, okay, for just a second. Think about the offense last year. When we ended the season, the offense was the strength of this, this team, right? Yep. So you kind of feel like if you are going to neglect one side of the ball, it's probably that. And you want to give Coach Halfley enough tools to work with with this new defense he's trying to implement, right? So I can see Kalen Bullock here, too, being the best prospect. That's great value, 62 at 91. Yeah. Whew. What's the chat saying? Um, yeah, they're they're with you. Bullock um, got a couple – one for Von Prahn, um, two for Von Prahn. Yeah, it, it looks like Bullock is winning. Right, let's go this. Bullock then. All right, get ready, guys. Need that draft pick again here in a second. Get your card ready. We're going to 126 next. Let's let it update real quick. As they fly off the board, all the interior offensive linemen are gone in that cluster. So, uh, all right, pick 126. Here's the top choices. Defensive line, Rook, Ora Ora, I think is how they said it. Um, running back, Braylon Allen. Wide receiver, Jalen McMillan. You got linebacker, Cedric Gray. You got defensive lineman, Tyler Davis. Interior offensive lineman, Dominique Puny. So, he's the first one coming in at 105. I, I don't want a, a, a interior offensive lineman named Puny. Yeah, it's kind of – maybe, not maybe it's not how it's pronounced. I'm probably butchering it, but I'm with you, Tim. It kind of <laughs> – you don't want to – you know, yeah. Who would you have to line up against? I had to line up against Puny. Yeah, I like my matchup there, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> 126, plenty of value here. Hit it up, chat. Where are we going with? Linebacker Cedric Gray, defensive lineman Tyler Davis, interior offensive lineman Dominic Puny, uh, running back Will Shipley, defensive lineman Mecky Wing Wingo, Cornerback Cam Hart from Notre Dame. We haven't touched corner two. Edge defender Javen Solomon. Solomon. Uh, running back Marshawn Lloyd. Tied in Ben Sanat. You got another safety in Bo Bray. That's a bit of a reach where we're sitting right now. We're at 126. So what's the chat saying here, Tim? Any, any early got a couple for uh, Braylon Allen. So we, we love running backs, yet not anyone to block for them. Um, but we've got uh, – <laughs> Let's see. Um, well, he is from Wisconsin, so let's. Well, yeah, but just draft him already. Just put him in. Get out of here. Um, uh, oh my God, is the chat out of control, Tim? I can't see. A fam's throwing me off. Um, let's see, Chris here. No, surely. Braylon not. Allen, another one for Braylon Allen. Um, uh, Cedric Gray, Paul. Ro or yeah, Reef's got Cedric Gray. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> Sounds like Alan, Chris says I say Allen, but Packers don't draft Badgers. Okay, <laughs> sounded bitter, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Deadfish has got Cam Hart. Okay. Um, what would you say the majority is right now? 
Roughly. It, it, it's either Gray or Braylon Allen. All right. Gray or Braylon Allen. So we want to take another linebacker or another running back. Stop. Um, Braylon Allen's the better prospect. If we went best player available and we're not going uh, Aura Aura, um, then Braylon Allen it is. Let's do it. This is their draft, man. I don't want to yeah, control let's do it. it. All right. I, yeah, Allen. let's do it. And what that tells me is A.J. Dillon is not returning, right? Yep. That means A.J. Dillon, you let him walk in free agency, so your running backs are going to be Aaron Jones, Blake Corum, Braylon Allen, and Emmanuel Wilson is probably what you're moving forward with right there. All right, so now we're at pick 167, still some really good value. you got got uh, uh, Dylan Lobb, I think is how you say his name, um, running back out of New Hampshire. you got edge defender Nelson Caesar. Um, you've got interior offensive line Javian Cohen. You got defensive line Keith Randolph Jr., safety Sion Vaki, I think is how you say it. Offensive tackle Javen Foster at 140. Um, cornerback Jerry and Jones out of Florida State. You got running back Dylan Johnson out of Washington. Um, yeah, so if this all right, everybody in the chat, all at the same time, say Javian Cohen. Let's let's all get it going Please. here. Javian Cohen, <laughs> Miami Hurricanes. Let's go. What? A, hey, and there and we're getting it. Look at this. Oh, we really? go. There's one. There's one. Got another one. I think it feels right, man. Yeah, pick 167, too. And, look and, look and, at Uncle Eric in here, Jones. Of course he did. <laughs> Always going against the grain. Wait, we got another one. Peter Stone's going with Jones. All right. Uh, but it looks like Cohen is uh, in the lead. Thanks for having my back, guys. Appreciate that. All right, we're going Cohen. Stun. We made the call. All right, we're just going to fly through these. For Tom's sake, you guys don't care about these late round picks anyway, right? <laughs> Until we land a Zach Tom, that's that's when it matters, right? So, that's right. Uh, or another right, Donald Driver. <laughs> Pick two hundred three. We've got a running back, running back, cornerback. We haven't taken a corner yet. There's just a punter. Y'all want to draft a punter? <laughs> Edge defender Grayson Murphy. We got linebacker Tyrese Knight. We got uh, Audrey Audrey Phillips from Kentucky. Cornerback. I kind of feel like we need to go corner here, Tim. Me personally. Do you disagree yeah, with that? Or is there anything else there you want to? No, I like I like that. Yeah, it's best I mean, available, we, right? Yeah. For the most part, you're at two hundred three. You're getting value of uh, one sixty eight cornerback out of Penn State. And we're not taking another running back. We're not taking another safety. Exactly so, correct. Yeah. yeah. If anything, we're going to try to stack up on some offensive linemen, right? All right, now we're at pick two fifteen. Coming down a stretch here, there's another corner, best available defensive lineman, corner, edge, linebacker, running back, interior offensive line. Um, all those are pretty decent value. Um, we've taken one interior offensive line. We've taken a corner already. We mentioned, honestly, going into this offseason, you could make a case for for needing four cornerbacks with how bad everyone played, to be honest with you. Um, so I would be okay with with snatching up another corner here to possibly replace, you know, like uh, that fifth corner on the roster. And who knows, you might strike gold. But yeah. uh, we could also you- take – oh, you know, we mentioned edge too, didn't we, Tim? Where uh, What happened to uh, uh, Darius Robinson? Where did he go? Mm, that's a good question. Let's see if he's down here anywhere. Because if he's on the board and we're gonna go, go edge. I'm. Yeah, I'm not seeing him. Um, I could probably sort by he's he's, he's technically defensive line, right? Let's sort by defensive line. I thought they had him at edge. Did they have him at his edge or D D line? That's a great question. Let me just see if we see him here. Not seeing him here, right? Let's go to edge. Darius Robinson, Darius Robinson. We're trying to reach for a guy that we just absolutely fell in love with. He's gone, I'm pretty sure. He's yeah, it looks like it. he's gone. Yeah, I believe you've seen him by now. So what are we thinking here, Tim? Best available. 
You make corner. this big. You want to go corner again? Uh, let's take the, let's take your uh, let's take Andrew Phillips, Kentucky. All right. Or it's either that or Marcellus Dial, right? I mean, I'm just looking at best available here for a yeah. corner. Let's go Kentucky. He's ranked higher. All right. Let's go Andrew Phillips here. All right. So Andrew Phillips is the pick there. Now at pick 242. What else do we really need? Could use another lineman, couldn't we? Oh, we, you know what? We actually need a tight end too, a backup tight end when you think about it. Cause you've got, you're going to have Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, and uh, Ben Sims right back on the roster. Um, Tyler Davis would be coming off the ACL. You could go tight end, but you could also go interior offensive line. I think I would rather go interior offensive line over tight end. What about you? Yeah, I'm just the way we did early in this draft. I I would I'd go O line. Um, but That's you're right, good. tight end. Tight end has to be. We can't overlook that, especially in the late rounds. Yeah, Tanner Bortolini, Wisconsin. Interior offensive line, the chat's going to love it. We just got us a Badger, boys. There you go. Hope everybody's happy. Merry Christmas. A couple happy Badgers in this draft. There we go. Sure is. All right, now we're at pick. Where are we at? 250. Is this the last pick? This is the very last pick. Now, you said, Tim, might need a tie in here at the end. You could try to sign you another Ben Sims um, off the scrap heap, too. Maybe you can spend a little bit of money in free agency to fill out the tight end room. Who knows? But you got offensive tackle Nathan Thomas. You got interior offensive lineman Drake Nugent. Offensive tackle Ethan Driscoll. Edge defender Eric Watts. Wide receiver DeCorian Clark. Running back Frank Gore Jr. Linebacker uh, Ulafa Shio. Wow. <laughs> you, you sure about that? that? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that at all. You got Sam Hartman, the best hair in the draft right there, man. You, I don't know if you've seen him throwing that hair around at the senior bowl, that pretty little son of a gun. Uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do that to you guys, not being you know a huge Notre Dame fan. But uh, at 250, Tim, it kind of feels like maybe offensive tackle here. Think about our offensive tackle. tackle. Yash Nyman probably not going to be back, right? You know, you tendered him last year. He didn't hardly play. He's probably gone unless they try to let him test the market and bring him back. So your offensive tackle is going to be if Box back, it'll be Bach and and Tom on the edges with Rasheed Walker as your swing tackle, right? If Bach doesn't return, I think we would all agree there's a real, very, very, very realistic chance that he won't be a Packer. Um, if that's the case, you're going to be a little bit short at at uh, offensive tackle as well. You're probably bringing back Caleb Jones, but see I, that was my X factor. Is like even with Bach returning, you know, you you probably probably still wouldn't hurt to take another another tackle. I agree. That's what we need to do here. Let's go with Louisiana Louisiana Lafayette. Nathan Thomas, offensive tackle from the Raging Cajuns. His value is 202 on the vertical board. We're getting him at 250. Pretty good value there. Let's do it. And they gave us an A+. Look at that. Look at that draft, guys. Hey, that ain't too bad, man. That was fun. You know, we we included – obviously, we included – it's not going to show me the whole thing, is it? I was hoping it – that's what she said. I was going to see if uh, we could get the whole thing screenshotted, but it's not going to allow us to. I may have to do it in multiple sets here. We'll go ahead and save it too. Yeah, I'm sure this won't be our last mock. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We can do it right here. I thought I thought there would be a screen we could do it. There we go. Bang. So let's do this. Let's screenshot it. We'll talk about it uh, tomorrow on the show. Uh, But there is what our draft ended up like. I like the fact that we included Twitter. We included the chat. Kind of gets. It's not about what Clayton wants. Not about what Tim wants. It's about what what do other Packer fans watching the show? How do you guys see this draft? What would your pick be? I would be okay with this draft. Drazon Newton, some people uh, say that he's the best interior defensive lineman in the draft. 
You go with safety Cam Kinchins. That'll be your starting safety playing center field there. Jeremiah Trotter Jr., a linebacker to fit into that 4-3 alongside of, uh, you know, McDuffie if uh, if Campbell does come back. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. will be competing for that third linebacker in the 4-3 base. And, and who knows, he may come out, have a great, great camp and ended up being your your nickel linebacker right there next to uh, uh, next to Quay Walker, right? That could be the case. If that's the case, you might end up moving on from Devondre Campbell post-June 1st. But Blake Corum is going to be your running back of the future, most likely. If he comes in and turns heads, he'll be the spell back for uh, our boy uh, Aaron Jones. So I kind of like that pick a lot right there. And then you got safety Kalen Bullock. Um, another safety to kind of fill out that room, probably be a good special teams contributor as well. Braylon Allen running back out of Wisconsin, a little bit of depth there. Javen, Javian Cohen, interior offensive lineman from Miami. Cornerback Johnny Dixon from Penn State. Cornerback Andrew Phillips from Kentucky. Uh, interior offensive lineman Tanner Bortolini from Wisconsin. And then offensive tackle Nathan Thomas. I like how that filled out, Tim. I like it, man. I do too. Great bad. work, great work, uh, PTA Posse on the draft. They did way, did way better than us when we picked three centers that one night, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep them honest, though. So that was a lot of fun, man. Appreciate you guys and, and gals contributing. Um, I love doing this type of stuff where people are, you know, it's it's interactive with the chat and everything. I think it's absolutely awesome. So um, I like what John Smith says. He said, "Lightning with Corum and Thunder with Allen. Let's go." So Allen must be a bruiser. I don't know much about Allen. Um, oh, yeah. dig into him. That would be cool. Go to watch some tape on Braylon Allen. You'll like it. Well, I really, like yeah, he got them cankles. I love them running backs with cankles. <laughs> Eddie Lacy, one of my favorite Packers of all time. What a blast it was to watch him run, man. Didn't he rush for a thousand yards his first two years in the season? Am I thinking right? Like, it I was think like, so. I, I believe that it sounds accurate. He was just so much fun to watch, man. Even just when he aggressive runner, Braylon Allen's cut from that cloth too, man. You know, nice. and I'm I'm not even a college dude, but just you know, I've I've seen enough tape of him to just you. Sometimes you can just tell with guys, and uh, yeah, mm -hmm. he's he's a hard runner for sure. Definitely, John Smith says he's a big boy. He's a wrecking ball. He's like a younger Derrick Henry. Dang! All right, come on now, bring bring the tank on, right? I love huh? it. Still very young too. Donald says. Um, Greg Rice says that was fun. Good stuff. Hey, appreciate you guys contributing. It was fun because you guys were interactive in here, man. Um, we definitely appreciate it. Tim, you got anything else before we before we get out of here, man? No, that's about it. Uh, All right, we went forward to Good Morning Lambo tomorrow. Yeah, well, about that, Tim. Uh -oh. <laughs> no show tomorrow morning unless – I always say this. Get a look away. <laughs> you ain't gonna get me out here solo. All right. Maybe someday oh. Tim will you guys will, will just get a notification that we're going live on the channel and it'll be Tim in here hanging out. But uh, <laughs> you're always welcome to do that if you want to, buddy. But yeah, I got some stuff I gotta take care of in the morning. Um, so schedule's starting to fill up on me. Like I told you guys, as we get into the off season, it will it will go back to one show a day. Um, and whenever I can, I'll do two shows a day, but you're probably going to see like two or three days a week. It'll just be one show a day. And then, um, next week, probably about the same. When we get into March, it'll go to one show a day for the most part weekends. I'll probably still get up and, and do a good morning Lambo, but we'll work it in as we can. Um, and kind of keep you guys informed on that again. 
want to thank y'all so much for hanging out with us. This was uh, an absolute blast. We had a herd of people in here, too. If y'all would, on your way out, do us a big favor. Hit that like button so other Packer fans can find the channel and find this content. Um, Tim, thank you so much, buddy. It was good to have you in here. This was a, a really good time. Really appreciate you. Again, guys, thoughts and prayers to Emilio as he's traveling up north to see family. Uh, had, a, had a little bit of a, a family issue there with uh, with a family member, and we're thinking about him, praying for him, all that good stuff. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Emilio's become – one of the family here. There's no doubt about that, man. He uh, loves him, him to death. So, uh, yeah, but that being said, we're out of here, guys. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play where we're trying to get it, a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.